Welcome to Live Happily Ever Awesome. Join me and PACT certified therapist Julie Rappaport where we discuss relationships, learn how to bring the magic back to yours, and become a better partner. To join the discussion live, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel at Clydesdale Media. Sign up for notifications so you can call in with your questions or just join the chat. Be sure to like and share these episodes with your partner and friends. The following presentation is not therapy or a substitute for therapy. If you are experiencing a mental health emergency, please call 911. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Hi, hi everyone. Welcome to episode number 10 of Live Happily Ever Awesome. We are here with Julie Rappaport, PACT certified couples counselor. And the topic today is betrayal. Yes. Dun, dun, dun. This is a doozy. Might be a doozy. Um, okay. I think I want to start with the definition or some kind of, let's, let's modify the word and figure out what we're talking about. Yeah. I mean, it's oftentimes can be confusing for people. Um, I would say betrayal is anything that you do that um, you kept secret from your partner that had they had that information before the incident happened, they would have been able to make a different choice. Meaning like you did not give them choice to behave differently before you did what you did. Okay. And had they had that information, they could have then acted differently. Can you, can you give an example? I'm sure. I'm not following that. Okay. So say uh, you, let's just use an obvious one of like, you're going to go sleep with somebody else. Okay. And instead of talking about it with your partner first to say, hey, I want to, I'm going to go sleep with somebody else. I, I want to go sleep with this other person. Uh-huh. And had they had that information, then they could say, okay, go for it. I'm open to that. Or, hey, if you do that, that's fine, but I'm leaving or, you know, whatever. They, they then would have a choice in the matter versus you don't tell them. So therefore they, you took all the power <clears throat> away from them. I see what you're doing. You're sort of putting it in terms of the person that it's being done to and not the person that is doing the betraying. Correct. That's where, that's where I was confused. Sorry. I'm like, cause you, cause you said something like they'd make another choice. Well, I would hope so. They would make <laughs> choice. No, they might not do this. Well, that's true. Right. I mean, they're, I think they're, they're, it's almost as though they get a choice. It, they get a say. They get a say. Or, or they don't. But the person who's betraying doesn't give them that say. They mm -hmm. take the power in that way. Got it. And, uh, that's not fair. Okay. Okay. So the betrayal happens. And in order for it to become a betrayal, the other person has to find out about it. So that happens. And then, and then where are we? Which it pretty much always happens. It might not happen right away. It might right. happen years and years and years and years from then. Um, or if it, maybe it's a one-off incident that the person does and is like, well, they don't need way. to. Yeah, it never happens. Um, but if it's a, you know, typically this is a pattern of behavior that, uh, 
of secrecy, um, not being completely forthright. And so it's, if it's a pattern of behavior, then there's, there's going to be mess ups mm -hmm. and they're going to be found out, which is always much, much worse for the person um, who betrayed. It's much worse for their partner to have to sleuth it out and find out on their own than if they were to come forward with the information. Mm -hmm. If they come forward with the information that shows a lot more uh, integrity, a lot more remorse, a lot more guilt, you know, that, that they actually have a conscience. Right. Right. It's kind of like, you know, if you're, if you're just put it in its basic form, like if you're unhappy in your marriage, you know, you coming forward and saying you're unhappy in your marriage and, and doing something about it instead of just like waiting to meet someone, meeting someone, and then letting that be the sort of catalyst for you telling someone that you're unhappy with your marriage. Exactly. Right. Yeah. That, yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So healing from a betrayal or, you know, cause this isn't just a, this isn't just a fight. Like we talked about, you know, a couple of weeks ago in terms of how to fight fair and makeup and all that kind of stuff. Like what, what does, I mean, how do you go, where do you go from here? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, I would say that um, it is extremely rare for a couple to heal from a betrayal without going to couples work, mm -hmm. doing couples work. Like doing uh, it on your own versus yeah, seeking help. I, it, the, it, it, could, it could get better or they could, the couple could be better, but there will always be a uh, lack of safety and trust in the relationship, which is going to create problems um, because they, they just don't know how to rebuild that. Um, most, most couples don't know how to rebuild. Mm -hmm. And um, that would be, and that would be counseling together. Absolutely. Yeah. Can't do it apart. There's studies have shown that if you work on a um, relational issues individually, that, uh, the likelihood of the relationship lasting is very slim to none. Okay. Um, so especially with betrayal, yeah, you need uh, couples work. Um, and it is a, you know, minimum, like this is like being very generous of six months is the very minimum amount of time that it could take to rebuild. Mm -hmm. uh, we're looking more at a year to a year and a half to two years. Okay. Uh, and it's a process of rebuilding trust. Uh, and the way we work with it in PACT is one, you know, so if we're looking at, we want a fair and equal relationship, just relationship, then two people are on the same level. What's fair, what's good for me is good for you. And what's good for you is good for me. Like it's, we are equal power, but in a betrayal case, one person took the power. And so how PACT work works with this is that to right that wrong and to kind of do the time, we got to do this. Mm, okay. So the person who got betrayed has the power and the person who betrayed does not. Meaning, um, 
whatever this person, the betrayed person uh, needs in order to feel safe, they get. Whether it's uh, they need to wake you up at 2 a.m. and talk about things, they get to do that. If they uh, are angry all the time, they get to do that. They get to be angry. Now, of course, we have to teach them how to be angry and kind, but mm -hmm. but they get to be angry. If they uh, want to see your phone, they get to do that. If they need to find, you know, have all your computer passwords, they get to do that. And any time that they're given uh, resistance to that, that's information for them to understand that this person is not fully transparent, does not want to heal the relationship, does not want to get back in. Right. Which, which is also a scenario, right? Like it could be a thing where there is a betrayal and the person isn't interested in repairing because for, for whatever reason, and, and maybe it's, and, and it could be the other way around. Maybe the person being betrayed also doesn't, want to repair the relationship and, you know, wants to move on. So, yeah, it, I mean, oftentimes because there's it, it, I mean, that's definitely, those are definitely all scenarios. Somebody is, they are just, they were out of the relationship well before they, you know, betrayed. Mm -hmm. And that was just the final straw for them where they got found out and okay, they want to leave, you know, or the betrayed individual, has had, or maybe they just have a hard line and they're like, you cheated or you lied or whatever. And that's it. Mm -hmm. um, that second scenario is more rare um, because of the attachment system that's at play. You know, we attach and it's really, really challenging to let go of that. Mm -hmm. Are there, are there certain attachment styles for those people that would not, that have that hard line? Do you know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Yeah. What I'm saying? Um, I mean, they would probably be more anchorish. They, you know, uh, they would, yeah, it would be more towards an anchor that would be able to just have that hard line. And it remind people what an anchor is. That's a securely attached, right? Securely attached individual. Yeah. Okay. And, and uh, just really knowing what their lot, their, you know, their deal breakers are mm -hmm. and risky and losing this relationship is not a big deal to them because they know their self-worth kind of thing. Um, they are okay with the loss in order to gain, you know, and stay in their own self-worth rather than somebody who's more insecurely attached is so afraid of the loss that they then kind of, uh, they kind of try to bargain with that whole, they bargain with, well, this could be fixed and I, then I won't have to lose anything. Mm -hmm. It's almost like they tolerate more. They're, they're willing to tolerate more. Yes. For the sake of the relationship. But, mm -hmm. and, and sometimes it's worth it, right? Like sometimes this is, yeah. this is your person. Right. For better, for worse, you know? Mm -hmm. Okay. So you mentioned the fact that the person that got betrayed sort of becomes the more powerful one or has more power um, than the other one. And there's all these sort of whatever 
they so they sort of get carte blanche it sounds like um for a period of time when does that you know what needs to happen for that to switch back to getting to balance yeah I, um so that's the whole process of when the betrayer has been completely forthright open transparent consistent um persistent you know just has done all that he or she needs to do in order to uh, rebuild that foundation and has been consistent over time such that the other partner can, their system can relax and be like, okay, this is like, it's not only that you've done these things, but you've done these things over long periods of time such that it's, it's sustainable, mm -hmm. right? Not just, oh, this is, you could do this for a month and then uh, what happens? You know, you could go back. So this person, the betrayed individual needs to feel like this, these changed behaviors are going to stick. So, and, and who knows how long that takes? It's, it's not linear. Right. And it's really uh, kind of up to them, right? It is. However, there, you know, there is uh, a point at which it becomes unreasonable, right? Mm -hmm. That Perhaps this person is never, there's nothing that would win their trust back, in which case, you know, that that takes the therapist to see what has been going on all along and track that to determine, hey, this person is never going to let you in. And, and so, you know, it's like you've done the crime, you've paid, you know, you've done the time bet that nobody is ever letting you out of jail. Like that's, that's mm -hmm. not fair. Like you've, you've done the penance and you are deserved to get out. And if that isn't happening, then you have to address that in the system. Okay. Yeah. And so that the person that um, is on the receiving end of that betrayal sort of just, they go into like, I'm, I'm thinking now just they can go into like punishment mode, right? Like just constantly punishing that person over and over again. You right. see that? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a hard thing. I mean, uh, that's, I mean, that's part of the therapeutic process of, Hey, you know, uh, you get to be angry, but you don't get to, you know, you're basically, you're putting off something that you are saying you're wanting which is this relationship. If you continue to punish somebody, um, like, do you want to push them away or do you actually want them? You know, so this mm -hmm. is a therapeutic issue, but, um, but I think also, you know, they're working, you're working with defenses of somebody who might want to let them in, but is so scared to let them in. So then they become punishing. So, it's, you know, that again, this is all stuff that comes up that would be best handled by uh, an expert in the field. Right. To help guide you. Um, is there is there ever a time where the definitions of betrayal are sort of don't match up from partner to partner? Yes. I mean, so... One, typically what can happen is that the person, the betrayed individual will label it betrayal and the 
betrayer is like, well, it wasn't really betrayal. I hate when you use that word. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, you know, because they're thinking cheating or, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, betrayal can be, you know, anything, anything can be hiding drugs and alcohol. It could be hiding gambling. It could be hiding financial stuff. It could be hiding anything that you're hiding that the other person, had they known, what could have made a different decision. Um, okay. Yeah. So some, and that, that then becomes a big issue, right? Because mm-hmm. one person, so what happens to the betrayed individual is they go through severe PTSD And so they are going through all this craziness and what can happen is their partner is then, if they don't agree with the word betrayal, they're belittling that experience and kind of on some level gaslighting their partner to like, why are you so crazy? Why are you, this was no big deal. Mm -hmm. Uh, I didn't go sleep with somebody. Mm Mm-hmm. I just was talking to them or, you know, whatever. Yeah. <clears throat> and so we talked about sort of the, the, the time it takes, how successful have you been, you know, with your couples going through this and, uh, and trying to deal with it? Well, it's, uh, it's a hard task. Um, most, I would say most people that I've worked with, with this, I have, I have a few, I have probably three, four, like maybe four couples right currently that are in a, you know, a betrayal case. Mm -hmm. Um, But a lot of the couples that I've worked with, with betrayal don't last the course in therapy. Mm, Okay. Uh, They, they, uh, you know, because it's a long process and because, so what, (laughs) What typically is the case with this is that, um, so if we take these two individuals, they haven't been functioning like this. They've been functioning like this. Sure. Betrayer on top and. Yeah. And without even necessarily realizing it, Mm -hmm. Uh, but that this, you typically a more Island like individual has more power and this, the more wave-like partner, less so, and has trouble, uh, just in general, waves might have trouble voicing their needs. And this person kind of has a lot, you know, we've talked about how they can be more selfish, uh, more very in tune with what they need. uh, And so they can trump this person. So that's like the typical structure of that relationship. And then this person, you know, shits the bed, does something egregious betrayal wise. And so in doing this, it's extremely uncomfortable for both individuals. Mm, Okay. Right. This person, you know, most people would be like, Oh my God, that'd be great to have all the power, (laughs) but it is so, out of their element. It is so out of what they know, how to behave, how to act, how to like really stand in their power. Um, that is not something that they are accustomed to. So it is extremely uncomfortable and they will want to go back, you know, come like just unconsciously come back mm-hmm. to 
how they used to be and vice versa. This person is not used to having to be completely transparent and having to rely on this person and uh, asking permission and, you know, yada, yada, yada. And so they will want to do this. So, so because it's extremely uncomfortable it, it, and it is not fun, it is not fun for either person. I, I, I always talk to them and say, listen, you know, this is going to be very hard work, very hard work for the two of you. And if either one of you aren't, and I kind of lay it out for them, what it looks like. And if either one of you aren't up for it, like I, I get it and that it would be best for you to just cut your losses now. Mm-hmm. Uh, because this is a long, arduous process and it is extremely rewarding if you get through it, but you have to get through it and you have to stay the course. And so most people will get uh, very tired of that structure, will think they're fine uh, and will kind of stop coming to therapy before the the work has really um been, you know, those rules have like actually established. Cause I mean, if you, if you have this kind of relationship and then you go like this, the natural tendency would then be like to automatically come out like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and they don't stay the course in order to have a relationship that actually looks like this. They think they do, but it will go back to this. And so, um, uh, I'm working with one in particular couple that has been in it for probably about a year, almost a year and a half. Um, they've been the longest that like have stayed the course and nice. uh, it's been extremely cool to witness and be part of. And they are, they're just, uh, they're amazing human beings and the, the growth that has happened for both of them is just, it couldn't have happened otherwise. Yeah. That's very cool. Do you, um, do you see any kind of trends in terms of the length of relationships that, that experience this betrayal? Is it typically, you know, newer relationships, older relationships, no rhyme or reason, no rhyme or reason. And, uh, yeah, the, it, there's no pattern. There's it's, and it could be one incident or it could be many incidents. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are the couples that I currently have. These are things that have been uh, hidden from their partner for over a course of six or more years. Oh, wow. um, where they're, you know, and they're, there is the piece of what's going on with the betrayed individual that they didn't see this or what were they doing that didn't, you know, that had them ignore things or whatever, Mm -hmm. but we don't, we don't get to that until trust has been rebuilt. Interesting. So we've got some comments here about social media and cell phones and, and things like that. Um, uh, What does Jody say? secret relationships escalate through those avenues. Um, Yeah, I think, um, I definitely think social media has made people more accessible to one another. Um, I think it's easy to hide behind a device. Um, I think it's also seems like it's easier to get caught on a device. 
um, with people, you know, Apple IDs and multiple uh, devices and sign-ins and passwords and all that kind of stuff, I definitely think. Um, so Bruce asks, <clears throat> can trust be rebuilt? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, it can feel like it can't, you know, it won't be, but yes, it absolutely can. It just takes a while to do. A lot of people, what will happen oftentimes is that the betrayed, no, sorry, the betrayer will get, um, will get tired of having to repent basically. And, <laughs> you know, be like, why aren't you over this yet? Like, are we done yet? And uh, that never, ever goes well <laughs> um, because it's over when it's over. And that's, you know, they just, you know, like it's human, right? Because people want to get out of pain as quickly as possible. I don't, uh, that's, we all do that. Yeah. Um, but this is, it's excruciating and they just have, that's why you can see that, it would be tough to do this on your own without therapy um, because we want out of pain so quickly as does, you know, the other, the betrayed individual. And so sometimes they just sweep it under the rug or say, let's just move on. Um, so it's, uh, but there's a festering wound under there. Yeah. Builds resentment and all kinds of stuff. All kinds of stuff. Can erode, can erode the relationship for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I'm trying to think what else I can talk about. <laughs> this. Yeah. So the betrayed individual will, you know, experience flashbacks, uh, irritability, depression, um, angry outbursts, rage, uh, sadness. Um, just, you know, their nervous system is completely dysregulated. They don't know if they're coming or going. They feel crazy. Uh, so these are all, and they sit there and question what is wrong with them, that all this is going on. And so they, you know, it's important for, it's, it would be great to be in couples work as well as both having individual work. Um, but, you know, I, I definitely think that the betrayed individual needs somebody who works with either trauma or specifically betrayal trauma, mm -hmm. help them through this to normalize their experience, to um, let them know that this is exactly why they are where they are and what they, what they're experiencing is totally normal. And they deserve to have these, these experiences of anger resentment, uh, you know, whatever they're feeling and, and that they don't get to, you know, part of them is stepping into their powers that they don't, they don't tolerate being gaslit or mm -hmm. told that they're crazy or anything to that extent. Is there anything, um, as part of the regimen that you provide help the betrayer to sort of break the cycle of betrayal? Cause it sounds like you said, it's sometimes a pattern, um, a behavioral pattern, or is that something that they need to sort of work on individually? Uh, I mean, it's, it's easier if it's a tag team approach, if there's individual plus couples, but it can be done in couples work just mm -hmm. might take a little bit longer. You have to uncover. So the couple has to uncover why uh, this happened 
um, because one, you know, the betrayed individual is functioning under some premise of this relationship. And then is it's like somebody pulled the curtain off and they're like, oh my God, this is totally different than what I have thought it is. So then they're, they're all fucked up and they need to know who this person is that they're with mm-hmm. that could do this thing. And um, so they need, they need to find that out. The person who did it needs to find it out. And they all, they both need to find it out too, so that uh, they can prevent it from ever happening again. Okay. Yeah. Judy has a comment here. Betrayer has to figure out what it was about themselves that made them act out as opposed to the betrayed person taking the blame. Yes, that's absolutely true. Um, But they need to find out together because it's not only important that the betrayer figure it out, but that the betrayed figure it out because they need to know who this person is, that why they did what they did, who, who is this person that they're with. Um, and it's very common for the betrayer to blame and gaslight and uh, trickle disclose is another thing. That uh, yeah, I was going to say, is that, you know, how, how hard or easy is it to get the person that's you know, being dishonest in the relationship or hiding, right? Doing the hiding to sort of be transparent, right? Because yeah, they are, right? That they're not. That's not something they like to do. And uh, so often, very often, it is more of like a trickle disclosure, Mm -hmm. which is extreme, like studies have shown that that is extremely traumatizing for the betrayed individual. Yeah, I would think, because it's just like, yeah, a slow, okay, and then they get hit again, and then they think they're all right, and that's all of it, and then there's more. And and the betrayer thinks that that's the way that they're taking care of them and not hurting them by not giving them the whole truth, and it is quite the opposite. Um, So... Oftentimes I'll give that information so that the betrayer under can understand that. And then if they continue to trickle disclose, then, then there's information for the betrayed individual of like, Hey, they know this information and they continue to trickle disclose anyway, knowing the harm it was going to cause you. Like that's important information for you. Right. Rather than putting themselves after like they, they continue, they would have in that instance, they continue to put themselves first versus their partner. Yeah. And that kind of just shows an unwillingness to, to work on it. Right. Right. The ones that I, the cases that I know that are never going to work is when the betrayer is not remorseful. If they do not show remorse, uh, it's not going to work. Like they feel justified in their actions because of what, regardless of what they're they're just, or they're, you know, they're remorseful for one session and then they're done. You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. no, this is not going to work. Like this, it's not going to work. Yeah. How do you, how do you communicate that to, to a couple? Is Uh, that your, is that your responsibility to, to sort of. Yes. Officially inform like. 
Is there is there a sign you hold up or, you know? Well, I mean, it's pretty obvious in session if that's mm -hmm. the case. And I would just tell the betrayed person like, hey, you, you, uh, you they don't feel remorse. They're not remorseful. Um, you've got nothing. You've got nothing. You have nothing to, you know, to hold that structure. There, There is nothing. You can't because yeah. they're not trying to get back in. They just feel like they're fine. And so there's not, a, they don't have a leg to stand on is pretty much what I would say. You don't have a leg to stand on here. You're not, you're not playing with somebody who is willing to play with you. Do you ever get people that argue with you in session? Oh yeah. What does that look like? <laughs> in general? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if they argue with me, then why are they paying me for, to come in? You know, I'm like, so like, are you a hard ass? I, I'm just curious to see like how you are with them. I mean, like it depends. Like if they're, if, you know, if they're arguing with me, I, of course, I want to hear their point of view. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I always, at all times, I could give them reasons for what, what I'm, why I'm doing what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So that helps. Um, but if they continue to want to argue with me, then, it, you know, it's basically like this just isn't a good fit. It's just not a good fit. I don't need to argue with them. Um, mm -hmm. They obviously aren't buying what I'm selling. So go, go to somebody else that you're going to buy what they sell. It's no, no harm, no foul, you know, like yeah. can't be any, everything for everyone. Mm -hmm. Do you find oftentimes too, that the people that are arguing with you are people that maybe won't benefit from your help anyway, or? Yes. Yeah. I mean, they, not, and maybe not even from my help, but really anyone's help. Anyone's help. Yeah. That's what I meant. Yeah, I, I think, uh, and there's been, there's been many a time where I've uh, fired clients in that sense, you know, and that sounds really harsh, but it's, it's not, it's just more like this just isn't a good fit. Like stop wasting yeah. your time. My... <laughs> what? You've let them go. Yes, I let them go. We're doing layoffs here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, I don't, I don't really have time for that. I have, you know, many couples that want to get in and do the work. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to waste my time dealing with people who just want to argue or, or fight the type of work that I'm doing. Yeah. I know the success of it. I know the power of it. Um, so they can, how do, you, how do you sort of decompress after sessions like that? I imagine some of these are, you know, pretty taxing on, on, on your central nervous system, perhaps. Um, what kind of things do you do to sort of detach? And it's interesting. I mean, it's a great question and something that I think a lot of therapists struggle with. Um, for whatever reason, well, first just working with couples, um, they are in one another's care. So I don't need to worry about them. Like they need to worry okay. about them kind of thing. Um, so that's a relief from, for me. And then my job as a therapist is to stay regulated in session okay. because if I'm dysregulated, then I am no good to them. So I am constantly regulating myself in session, however I need to do that, whether it's drinking or taking deep breaths or looking up or walking around. When or you say drinking, you mean hydrating, right? Yes. You're not <laughs> sipping on 
<laughs> no, not sipping out of wine, wine. Um, but you know, whatever I need to do to be regulated so that I can best help the couple. And then there's very few times that I feel um, like I need to do something for myself after my sessions. Typically, I feel energized. Um, I, I just, I don't know. I just love the work, even when it's hard. Um, I just, I just love it. And I, um, so, I mean, I, I just have a, a regimen myself of just working out and, um, and getting good rest and trying to eat well. And, but like, I don't necessarily need to go on a walk after each session or, anything like that. Okay. And when you, when you commented on the fact that your clients have each other, right. Because you deal with couples. It, did you mean if you were doing individuals, like you'd worry about that per individual because you, they don't necessarily have a person to lean on at when they leave. Your they, they might have a person to lean on, right. but you don't know for sure. Like, right. Like. It's a much different dynamic with individual. It's, you know, we are, a dyad with right. one another versus though the couple they are the dyad and I'm on the outside of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's it's very different for me. Um and yeah, it just I don't know, I love it. I love it. I imagine too some of the crazy things you hear make you appreciate your own relationship perhaps. Oh god, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or I mean it's great. You know, therapists talk about this all the time that our problems walk through the door. So, um, you know, it's really cool to have couples that walk in that are, you know, they're kind of demonstrating the same thing that you might be dealing with in your own life. And so I get to uh, help a couple with this issue, or I see, you know, things from other people's point of view that might be easier for me to see than if it's in my relationship. Mm -hmm. um, so it helps me in my relationship as well as sometimes couples come in the door that you're like, I mean, I can come home and be like, well, if we have problems, like right. we are, we are doing well, <laughs> you know, in comparison. So sometimes it's, um, yeah. it's perspective. Yeah. It's, perspective. it's good. Yeah. Okay. So final thoughts on betrayal before we wrap it up. Talk about something before you're going to act on it. Which which negates the betrayal in the first place, right? Yeah, exactly. But people won't do that. But um, Probably not. But get support. Get support. Um, if, you know, there is no cookie cutter in terms of, like, it will never work or it always works, mm -hmm. uh, you have to go through the process and find out. Um, but getting some support, couples therapy. And the sooner the better, I imagine. Absolutely. Don't let it fester, linger. Yeah. Resentment, all that stuff. Yep. Builds up. And ask about somebody who has had experience working with betrayal as well. Yeah, good point. Yeah. Okay. So we are still on the lookout for some, some actual test subjects um, for our chats. So if anybody's listening that has specific issues that they want to talk about um, and are willing to come on air with us, let us know. Um, as always, we're also taking um, 
subject matter, uh, episode title suggestions from the people that are listening. So as always, we'll probably get a pull up on Instagram this week and maybe try a couple other topics to see what you guys are interested in. Uh, what else? Would love to hear from you guys. Yeah. If you want to call or write in, ask questions, it'd be, it'd be great because it's, it's really, um, helpful, I think, for people to hear specific examples of right. things in going on in people's lives and that then you can apply these things to. It kind of, you can kind of sink your teeth into them more sure. um, and know that you're not alone as well. Yeah, that's a great point too, just to to know how common some of these things are that we're talking about. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think people think it's, you know, really vulnerable to put themselves out there and I get it, but at the same time, it lets everybody know like, Hey, uh, you're not alone. We experience, everybody is having some difficulties in relationships on various, you know, about various things in different ways and that you don't have to be perfect. You know, it's, yeah, nobody is to expect two people that came from totally different backgrounds totally different upbringings, totally different, you know, cultures or whatever to just miraculously get along with no issues is, is, you know, fantasy. Yeah. I love it. Okay. Next week, Wednesday, one o'clock Eastern stay tuned. Uh, and we'll see you next time. Thanks a Bye. lot. Bye.